woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. to another episode of the Bold Nonsense Podcast. The red light is on. Red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with us. When that record light goes on, it's a whole new universe. It's a whole new attitude. And we're going to hopefully improve your attitude on 1-15-2021. That is January 15th of the year 2021. It is, and this is episode 143, and I am at Walt Disney, the happiest host on the entire earth. I approach you from the front and kind of like, wow, this dude's pretty serious. Then I walk away and you're like, damn, he likes to party with two R's. If you find somebody that's happier than me hosting a show, I'm fighting them. <laughs> Not very happy, some would say. Don't care. I'll, be ha- I'll do it with a smile. You, gotta, you have a title to defend. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Uh, and on the other side of the ether is... That's still smooth, Mr. PTO. I have a sexy voice. Champagne. Mountain range. Hugs. You mentioned the red light earlier. And one, one can think of that as almost a mood lighting. The soft red glow of the on-air, it's a mood lighting. There's, there's an ambiance that comes with that on-air light, and we are welcoming you to step into that ambiance. With that, I'd like to bring you on this date. And all the way back in 1979, January 15th, 1979, one Drew Brees was born in Austin, Texas, a little, a couple accolades of the old man himself, Super Bowl MVP in 2009, obviously with the New Orleans Saints, 13-time Pro Bowl winner, or 13-time Pro Bowl nominee, uh, seven-time NFL passing yards leader um, uh, at Walsh Disney. I know the Saints have a big matchup this, what, do they play Saturday or Sunday? I have no idea. I'm going to say Saturday. I, I'm 50, 50% No, chance. they're Sunday. God damn I it. Think they're the, <laughs> I think they're actually the last game on Sunday. Okay. I think they're the last okay. game of the four. <laughs> Will Will Drew Brees retire this year? Two-part question. Will he retire this year, and will he make it to the Super Bowl this year? Make it to the Super Bowl, not win. 
one make it? Odd, because I think one thing leads to the other. Oh, like, okay. I would say even if he gets to the Super Bowl, he's retiring for sure. Yeah. Um, and now I'm trying to think of his contract, because I remember before this season, it was like he was signing a two-year, or maybe there was an option for the second year, but I didn't think mm. it was a straight one-year contract, which, to me, it would say if he... If he loses this game, then I would I would say lean towards coming back. You know, I don't even know if I want to see that. He he says, you know how some people you you, you don't want to remember them for their last years when they just can't perform. You know, he's he's right up there where he's like ah he's struggling a little bit for me and I want to I want to remember him in a better light. I hope he goes out after this year, not because I don't like him, but just. Just for my image of Drew Brees. Yeah, it would be it would really be great for either of those two. I mean, it can't happen for both, obviously, but for either of them to go out on top. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little later when we talk some NFL playoffs. You know, we're we're bound to do that. But first. We gotta get some some things out of our heads before they explode, and we do that during random thoughts. Don't worry, I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do. Flip out, man. No, I'm saying. Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. Having a brainstorm session. I think I just, yeah, I just had an idea. Isn't that weird? Random thoughts. Here we go. Things that uh, are random or rants. But we just gotta blow off some steam, or we have thoughts that we want, that we think are entertaining, or that we just need to get out of our brains. So, what do you have for me? I have I have a thought, an experience that I need to get off my chest. Ooh. So, this is more of a rant. Yeah, I, I like I'm, it. I'm steaming. Um, as you know. And I may have shared with the, the senseless. Um, I am house sitting right now, let's call it. Um, in a house with a basement. Um, and the basement is, you know, semi finished. We put a net down there, um, a hitting net, and, you know, you can chip into the net and stuff like that. It's your private cool. range. Love it. Let's be honest. Private range. You're a private yeah, range love, guy. Love it. Basically, um, Tiger. Yeah, yeah. I'd like <laughs> to think so. Um, but the not cool thing was the weather this past week. Um, dumping, you know, over a foot of rain. Um, and the the range leaked. It flooded. <gasps> there, dude, there was a good 12 inches of water sitting in there. Uh, so had to go down there, had to uh, pull the net apart, had to save everything. Um, luckily, the clubs weren't down there or anything, but... We walked down there yesterday and just found, you know, I kid you not, it was close to my knees when I was down there of just water, and I was so pissed. And so I guess this has happened before, and they and the family that, you know, we're house-sitting for um, has a pump and to drain it, to drain the water. You plug in the pump, you string, you, put, you connect the hose to the pump, 
and string it out the garage or out the back um, basement doors. The thing is, the catch is, you have to start the pump like at, with like in a siphon motion. Have you ever siphoned gas or anything? Like you suck through the hose. Yeah. I've never done that before. And the hardest part is, is that I'm sitting where I am. I'm a good probably six, seven feet above the water. So it's even harder for me to siphon. And I was getting so pissed, not because I would like, I, I was literally feeling like I was going to pass out. And I oh, had yeah. this dirty hose just sucking on this dirty hose, dude. Ugh. My lungs are killing me. I feel like so inadequate because I can't even, I've never siphoned anything before, but in my mind, it should be way easier than this. I see this in the movies all the time. It's not, man. It's hard to get it going. It's, dude, it's so tough. It is incredibly tough. So, one, I have a beef with Hollywood for making siphoning look way easier than it actually is. And then, two, a beef with myself because I feel like I should have been able to do it. So, that, that was me yesterday. I was fighting with my now... I do. I did have a range. Now I have a pool. So, uh, so we're, we're dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, what I'm hearing is y- your lack of sucking skills <laughs> yeah. make you feel yeah. inadequate. Yeah. And I don't you... hate that. I don't ha- that. I <laughs> that I'm not a great sucker. <laughs> don't hate it. <laughs> You're not going to be working on it anytime soon. No, no. Well, that's, you know, yeah, that's good I'm, to know. I'm hanging it up. I gave it a shot. And I'm hanging <laughs> that, my boots up. I'm going to leave it where it is. <laughs> but yeah, that was that's something I just had to get off my chest. I was saving for random thoughts. Dude, that sounds terrible because this whole time, you know, ever ever I've been over there, and ever since I knew you had it, I've been so jealous of you. Mm, and just being mm. like, that's really cool. You know, at yeah. lunch, you just go down there, hit and as many golf balls as you, as you have, yeah, <laughs> and you take off. It's perfect. <laughs> and then back to work. Yeah, but it's no good when it floods. It's no, no good when it floods. No. And it, it actually leads me into my random thought, which is interesting, because I was going to ask you to try this idea that I had, and now, mm-hmm. I, know you, now I know you can't. But at some point, <laughs> you will be able to again. Okay. Um, so my thing was, I feel like there are, and we pride ourselves on this, like creative ways to get better at things, especially yeah. like sports or hobbies we have. So for us right now, big golf guys. So yep. we always like to try like, what are creative ways that we can get better at the thing, this being golf, especially without buying a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So uh, last time we talked, we were talking about those. They have these new golf mats where you put the ball in a certain sp- spot and you swing and you're supposed to hit the ball, and the mat will show you your club path, right? Like you've oh, seen, yeah. you've yep. seen this, and it shows yep. you like if you hit the the ground too soon, if you hit the mat too late, blah blah blah, all this stuff. Direction, follow through, stuff like that. Yeah, and I was at the I was at the range yesterday. Um, nice. Yeah, to ha- hitting a couple. And I had this idea of a better way you can do it without having to buy this mat. Instead, hit me, hit me. Instead, you don't buy this, this just whole, whole mat, the blah, 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 it's all super fancy. What you do is you buy a spray bottle, a, a, just a spray bottle that will mist. That's like, you can get that for a dollar at the dollar store. Mm-hmm. And... When you're on the mat, you pick a place to, to put the ball. So what I did was I had those long rubber tees that are sitting around. 
I laid that on the edge of the mat, the very edge of the mat, so it was somewhere I would place the ball consistently. Oh, okay. And if I had had a spray bottle, I'd just turn it to mist. You mist the mat a little bit, and then you put the ball where that tee is, and you take your swing, and the, the lack of the mist will show you the same thing. Because the droplets are going to collect on the top of the turf, is what you're saying. Yeah, and then they'll be gone. And it's not enough to affect the swing of the ball yeah. or anything like that. It's just enough to show you. So this, Dude, that is so smart. This is my, and I was thinking you could do that down in your private driving range with your For, little mat well, thing. Not nah, too much water. <laughs> it's a little bit more water than I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so this was my my opportunity to save the senseless some money don't go for the mat which is you know 25 30 bucks instead one dollar spray bottle love it dollar store Sorry. Put, keep the keep the money in your pocket and keep your scores low dude that's like that's like almost two around and a half yeah if you're oh, playing yeah. an easy nine for sure that extra 29 bucks I love. I actually love that idea, and you especially are good at coming up with um, crafty ways to replicate, like uh, replicate products, or come up with your own ways. Like you were talking about, you know, using the. I forgot what you were talking about in the summer, but putting. I forgot what how you were gonna make your like mat or whatever, but it was like some pieces of wood and then put carpet over it and stuff like that. I don't know. You were talking about this oh, thing that you're going to do in your my in little the backyard. Chi- my little chipping chipping mat. I was going to make Yeah, my exactly. Own mat. Yeah, I was just going to take plywood and then uh, and then basically staple ex- we have excess carpet. My sister did. I was going to borrow yeah. that, staple that to some plywood and then take another one and 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 add that to the other side. So it was like a long grass, short grass situation. I just put pitch off that because I didn't know I had no short game, and I needed to work on it desperately. <laughs> Luckily enough, I figured it out. Never ended up making that mat, but it still would be a good idea. I'll probably do it next. For time. sure, for sure. You know what? I I just got an idea too. Now that I have the the water uh, water hazard in my basement. Um, if I could find a, li- a way to, like, create, you know those little, like, drink holders, like, in the pool? Like, if you're in a pool, you have a little floaty for your drink holder. Mm-hmm. I'd, I've never, you're, I don't know if your family, I don't see your family as having them, but I know I've seen them in movies and stuff. But that could be, like, a little floating island green that you just chip into and see if you can chip it right on into, <laughs> chip it right on into the water. And Beautiful, see if you can, man. Uh, <laughs> That's how you chip do it. Chip it on it. in there. Trip shot <laughs> yeah. nation. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. Maybe that's what I'll do. All right, hey. That's, that's, yeah. Go ahead, finish it if you want. I was going to say, while, while I'm at the dollar store buying my spritzer bottle that you just suggested, if I find a little floating whatever, I'll buy it. And that is professional. That's professional wrap-up right there. That <laughs> it, that, that's just us trying to save you money and get while getting better at the thing you love. Or it, it, that's if you like golf. If you have another hobby, why don't you go ahead? Hit us up. Let us know what that hobby is. Maybe we'll think of something. We'll ke- at least keep you in mind uh, when we get our minds working. <laughs> but that's how we do it. And that is Random Thoughts. Now we are going to go ahead and keep it moving on to trivia. <laughs> 
Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> Trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy! Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? This is Trivia! Welcome on in, and I am going to recap last week's trivia question and bring you the answer. Last week's trivia question read like this. Who was the worst team to make the NBA playoffs? One more time. Who was the worst team to make the NBA playoffs? Answer, the Baltimore Bullets with a, <laughs> with a steamy record of 16 and 54. Let me repeat that. 16, 1, 6, and 54. <laughs> that is bad. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> No, we need to do some more research into that one. That does not make like did the other teams. This is a little dark, but die like why? <laughs> why are you letting these guys in? <laughs> Something had to it, have happened. Is it a bold nonsense heavy artillery league situation where everybody makes it? <laughs> everybody <laughs> makes it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that is that's interesting. Baltimore. It's got to be like pre-merger. It's yeah. got to be some crazy stuff. <laughs> That's bad. Maybe we should look into that a little bit more, but that's fine. Okay, this week's question is, this player set the record for most times being intentionally walked in 2004. Obviously a baseball question here. This player set the record for most times being intentionally walked in 2004. Who was it, and how many times was he walked intentionally? that year find out on episode 144 144 but now we are going to give you the info during the news (laughs) i've just been handed an urgent news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen this is the fucking news 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 we're news too only news told much later see the game last night which game any of them passes it to the man shoots it and boom goes the dynamite fantastic i am so sorry someone put the story in all capital letters and i i thought i was supposed to yell it starting in the nfl we've got some firings and some hirings that we need to talk about Firings first. Start with the bad, get it out of the way, let's move on to the good. Doug Peterson fired in Philadelphia. See you later, buddy. Let, I want to hear what you have to say about this, and then I'll, I'll kind of flip it on its head. Uh, if you've been listening closely to, to this podcast, or if you've been... Uh, a loyal listener to the NFL Reaction Show with the captain and I. You know a little bit, and I'll admit to this, a little bit I've been on a crusade's too harsh, but (laughs) I've I've been firmly in the anti-Doug Peterson realm um, for for this whole season. I just feel like he has, he's, what he reminds me of, honestly, and it doesn't work exactly because uh, he's the same guy and the, the people I'm going to compare him to are two different people. But it's a little bit like when Mark Helfrich took over for Chip Kelly. Uh. Except for that it's Doug Peterson before the Super Bowl is Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson after the Super Bowl is Mark Helfrich. Where not only 
did after the Super Bowl did Peterson lose his assistant, who I think mostly Frank Reich was the. I think it's been proven that it was more him than Peterson for that Super Bowl run. But since the Super Bowl, he's gotten lazy, and that's exactly what Helfrich mm. did. He he got lazy, didn't work as hard, didn't try and recruit. Peterson got lazy. Uh, he just tried to hire a bunch of offensive assistants because he didn't want to have to do it himself. Uh, and he, I don't know, I just think it's been terrible. And then not only that, but he wasn't taking the bullets for your quarterback like a head coach is supposed to do. Mm. Um, and he was part of the problem, not the solution. And I think that's going to bear out. I think it's a – I mean, I'm going to agree with everything you say. It, it was a move that was necessary. Um, from all reports, you know, Peterson and Wentz didn't get along. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. Um, I think – and management had to choose one or the other. Obviously, Wentz, you can't get rid of him. No one's going to take that contract on or you're and you're going to lose a ton of money just, pay, just paying his contract. So – I think they had to choose one or the other, and they, they decided that they they financially could not get rid of Carson Wentz. So uh, I don't think Doug Peterson is as terrible as everyone thinks. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback or great quarterback, great coach. He will land another job. Um, I think there's a market for him, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't uh, get hired rather soon. Um, but um, – like you were saying, it, it was it was necessary. Everybody saw it coming. Um, uh, you know, he brought it. That that is how crazy. That is a perfect example of how crazy um, turnarounds in the NFL can be. Three years ago, you are on top of the world, and everyone is celebrating your name. Fast forward three years, and you're public enemy number one in Philly. You know, so well. I think that's still Carson Wentz, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if he play, if Wentz plays well next year after they get another head coach, then it will be Peterson. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't really see it with that guy. I think he got too too as like my grandpa would say, uh, R.I.P. Would be like he got too big for his britches. Yeah. <laughs> report, reportedly, he didn't. He's part of the reason that he got fired, and he doesn't really care is that he didn't want anyone to he didn't want anyone to tell him what to do. He wanted to be able to do whatever. And it's like all right. You're not one of the top 5 coaches in the NFL or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like know who you are. <laughs> you know. You know, know your place. He he thought he is and this happens with players a lot. He thought he was better than he actually was. So um I'm happy for Carson Wentz. With this situation. That's all I'll say. And I think it ends up being better for Eagles fans. So let's move on to another buddy. And I actually put uh, another firing. But I put this one on there. For our friends up to the north. Up there in Washington. Our Seahawks friends. uh, Because I know this guy has, has often been the butt of Seahawks jokes. And that's Schottenheimer. And the Seahawks fired him. The offensive coordinator up there in Seattle. He is gone. A lot of people, a lot of people complaining about him pretty much constantly uh, throughout his time there in Seattle. And uh, now we'll see. Now, I feel like this firing, and there has been 
for the first time, really, has been pressure on Pete Carroll this year, making making uh, that that seat a little bit hotter. Yeah. This will, to me, this is interesting because it kind of marks this uh, a turning point in Seattle or a decision point in Seattle. It's like, what are you going to be? Because this year you started it out with Russell Wilson's just going to throw it all over the yard. And then you're like, well, this really isn't working. We got to go back to the run game, type of type of team. You can't, you can't flip flop. You got to be something in the NFL. So what are you going to be? And this firing basically forces them to make that decision. You have to find an identity. You're 100 percent right. <clears throat> um, it starts at the top, and uh, yeah, it, it. Hopefully, it's exciting next year to see this. Um, offense take shape um you know after scoring and i mean from all accounts i think what was spread was that you know schottenheimer was not going to be fired um you know do because you know the offense has scored you know a record points that this season you know um but i think it was a right move to get rid of uh shoddy um and I'm excited to see what uh, the future holds in Seattle. Oh, FYI, um, I was talking to one of our um, bold nonsense, uh, senseless members, our actual reigning champion, mm. um, and he had, he wanted to clarify his his name because we didn't understand it. Oh, perfect! I, I would love to. So, for those who don't who don't know, this is uh, Shoddy Scubs who won the heavy artillery league. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. You are about to correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. So, referring to Schottenheimer, he's a Steve McGrain is a big, big Seahawks fan. Oh, massive! I believe he <clears> had <throat> at least four to like seventeen Seahawks on this winning <laughs> team. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, famous, Shottie's- famous for taking Car- uh, Chris Carson. <laughs> In the first round, like the the fourth pick overall. I know. I we can't we can't even say anything because he beat us. He but won it. No, when when he did that, we were all like, "Whoa, what the heck?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so shoddy, as in Schottenheimer, and he missed an R. He at all time, all the time, all season, thought it read Shoddy's Scrubs. <laughs> but he, but I'm like, dude, it says scub. He's like, how do you not understand my name? I think, and I was like, what is a scub? And he's like, oh, <laughs> he, he thought he had put Shoddy's scrubs, which would have made so much more sense. That would, but he he, mi- he missed the consonant. That would have cleared everything up. <laughs> that would have cleared everything. That's hilarious because I know I know for a fact. Like we've talked to, we've talked to your brother about it, who's in the league. We've talked to Ask St. Bales about it, who's in the league. The captain about it, who's in the league, no one knew what that meant. Like everyone, I've talked to at least half the league, and we've been trying to figure it out. And it's so much funnier that it's just that he forgot the R. I know, I know, I know. I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's a low-level mystery that has been driving me insane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's funny. All right, well, so he's out, so he's probably going to have to change his name. Um, yeah. And now we want to move on to some hirings. Let's get to the good stuff. There are three major big hirings so far that we want to talk about. Uh, you've probably heard about heard them. 
So I'll just give you the three, and then Smooth, you let me know which one you like the best, which one you hate the most, whatever. We'll just dive on into it. Urban Meyer goes to the Jaguars. Robert Sala to the Jets. And Arthur Smith to the Falcons. So Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, we have to mention the obligatory. He is the owner or the founder of FedEx's son. Have to mention Mm. it. It's contractual. Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. And Urban Meyer, obviously, the longtime college football head coach. I don't know. I'm not too well versed in Robert Sala or Arthur Smith. Um, Urban Meyer. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not an Urban Meyer fan. Uh, I'd like to see him turn around Jacksonville, but I think he's only going to be able to successfully do that if he surrounds himself with coordinators um, that can help him adjust to the NFL game. We've seen plenty of times where successful college coaches, i.e. Nick Saban, uh, dip their toe in the NFL waters, but it's a different game. Uh, there's different offenses, and it takes um, it takes an army. It takes everybody in that organization to create a successful um, culture, and that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to build a culture. But you know, Urban Meyer is a smart guy. He's a snake, but he's a smart guy. Um, talented, smart, uh, and he has the tools. Um, I like his offensive weapons, uh, especially his receiving core there in Jacksonville. And then by all accounts, uh, his quarterback, or to-be quarterback, um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I think will fit, obviously, very well in Jacksonville. So he's got the tools, but I think it's up to him being able to surround himself with the right coordinators um, in which that will um, uh, dictate if he is successful there in uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, I definitely – I actually, right before we hopped on, I was reading an article on on ESPN, no ads – about Urban Meyer, and he was because they were asking him about his health issues, because he's had to ste- <laughs> he's had to step down from two different places because of health issues, yeah. and he basically was referring to what you're saying, and but n- not really referring to it, but what he said was, I'm going to I'm older now, I'm going to rely on my coaches, I'm going to let them coach. So what that means is, you have to have good coaches. So exactly yeah. what you're saying is, he can't. He said, I can't be this, like, crazy go – what he said was, I, I can't go nuts on the field all the time because he's getting older and he's got his health issues, so he's got to, you know, stay chill and let his other coaches do their jobs and kind of coach the coaches. But that means you've got to have good coaches, exactly what mm-hmm. you're saying. So that'll be interesting. For him, I think his issue – I think he's going to run into a point where the offense he's always run stops working. It might not be the first year, but defensive coordinators in the NFL are miles ahead of defensive coordinators in college, where it's just score as much as you can at this point, basically. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the national championship game was 52 to 25. <laughs> um, so I think in the NFL, maybe it's not the first year, maybe it is the first year, defensive coordinators are going to adjust. Does he have a second punch? Because he's never needed one in college. He's done different things, but he's never needed to actually adjust. Um, so that'll be the, the be interesting uh, for him. Robert Sala, 
as a defensive coordinator, he kind of comes. So he's a defensive guy. He comes from the Pete Carroll tree, that Seahawks cover three defense kind of less. You do less things defensively, but you do them faster. So that's kind of his thing. But if your team sucks, like if the talent isn't good, like the Niners had the best talent in the world. They went to the Super Bowl. But if your talent isn't good, can you make adjustments? So we haven't seen him have to make a lot of adjustments. So can he do that? We know he can rile people up and get them ready to play play hard. But what are you at the X's and O's? We just haven't seen him do it. But we have seen him bring a lot of energy, bring a proper culture. And so he's going to do that part for the Jets. But I, that's my worry for him. I've got worries for all, for all these guys. Arthur Smith is actually probably the guy that you're most confident in, at least me, because he's coached on both sides of the ball in the NFL, and he started at the lowest level and worked his way up. So you know he knows both sides of the ball. You know he's learned from from quality coaches in the NFL, and you've seen him have success. But how are you at leading? Because we haven't really seen him have to lead yet, like, I'm in front, this is my thing, and I'm leading other people. That's his big question mark. So they all have their own things that it's like, like Arthur Smith, not as good of a leader. Robert Sala and Urban Meyer, that's their thing. And then there's the X's and O's issue with Sala. So it's just different things, different parts that each of them are missing. And can you fill that gap? That's going to be very interesting to watch for all three of them, to be honest. I love it. All right, let's get to... A massive trade in the NBA. James Harden gets what he wants. But he pouts and mom and dad answer. Uh, James Harden has gotten exactly where he wanted to go. He got to the Brooklyn Nets. And I am just going to run through everything that everyone got. Try and stick with me and then we'll talk big picture after I do this. So... Put on your listening ears, because there's a lot of shit that is going on right now. I'll go through each of the four teams and just tell you what they got in the trade. The Nets get James Harden, obviously, and a 2024 second round pick. The Rockets get, here you go, strap in, Victor Oladipo, that's after a different part of the trade, Dante Exum, Rodon's Karush, I probably butchered that, but I gave it my all. And then they got a bunch of picks. Unprotected first-round picks in 2022, 24, and 26. And then pick swaps, which I'm not exactly sure how pick swaps work. Um, it gives it gives you the right, if your team is worse, if your team is better than the other team. So if the Rockets... If the Nets have a better pick in the draft than the Rockets, the Rockets have the opportunity, and they would, exercise that pick swap. So they would swap picks with the Nets if they had a better draft position in those years. Got it. Those years would be 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Unreal. Um, so basically they either get a or a pick swap from this draft until the 2027 draft. Um, and the, 
the reason why they do that is you'll notice those are consecutively, you know, uh, even in odd years. So, you know, your, your pick swaps are in the odd years, your unprotected firsts are in the even years. And that's because I believe in, I forgot what year, but the NBA put in this rule where you cannot trade consecutive first round picks in, in consecutive years. So they're yeah. forced to pick swap every other year. Okay. And then they, uh, the Rockets also get a 2022 first rounder. That's not from the Nets. I believe that's from the Pacers. Maybe the Cavs. Don't know. So the Pacers get Karis Le- Excuse me, pen going flying. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a 2023 second. The Karis LeVert went to the Rockets and then was traded for Victor Oladipo. So that's that. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Um, and that, that's all they get. No picks there. So, an intense, tense trade. Um, before we move on, just what do you think about the trade overall? Two things. Um, I mean, you obvi- the Nets obviously mortgaged their future um, to get it all now, and I don't hate it. Uh, I think the problem with management in general is when you don't is when you don't try and seize opportunities. This is obviously you already have Kevin Garnett. We don't know what Kyrie is right now um, or yes, where he is. He's nuts. Um, we know what yeah. he is. He's insane. <laughs> Uh, so you, you got to put in all, all your chips. Um, I like the move for the Nets, but this is going to make or break. Um, anything short of an NBA championship is a fail. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Um, but I like the move. Uh, I love the move for the Rockets. That team's obviously going nowhere, so it's time to rip that thing down and build it from the uh, ground up. I, I don't know how the Cavs got in this trade. I absolutely love them picking up Jared Allen. I love Jared Allen. Big defensive center, um, blocks, rebounds. He's all right on the offensive side, but I, I'm just a Jared Allen fan, so I don't know how the Cavs squeaked in there, but uh, I, I like that. I'm assuming it had to do with salary stuff. Oh, okay. Um, that's why the trade's so big. It's hard to make so much money that you have to <laughs> – with salary matching trades in the NBA, it makes it so much more difficult. Um, I will say yes. For the Nets, I won't say it makes sense. I think they were good enough with what they had. And now I, the Nets don't even have enough players on their roster. They have to sign people. <laughs> That's how many people they got rid of. Uh, and they only got one back, obviously. So they're losing a lot of depth and basically leaning on those three to carry them the whole way. And if it if it doesn't work, it's really not going to work. If it works, it's really gonna work. So it's a big gamble, yeah. which is fine. You know, it's it's you doing you. But um, I would generally take two stars and a lot of depth with like a Jared Allen and call that good. Um, on the Rockets' side, of course, it, it makes sense. I am a spiteful son of a bitch, so I would have loved to see them just make James Harden play the whole year for him. Um, that's that's, how, that's why I'm not a GM. Um, but it obviously makes sense for them. And the fact that they got Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert, like yeah. flipping that back, I think Oladipo fits with what they have on that roster already. 
very well. And uh-huh. he's, he's a good culture guy. You know, with him and with Boogie Cousins getting being there on the minimum, uh, we'll talk about him, but in, in John Wall. I think him and John Wall are going to work because Oladipo has that slasher, but he can also shoot as well, so it's going to help him too. Uh, I think it's, with Oladipo being there, I think they have something at least to build around, plus all these picks. Pretty pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, that, that I mean, that's the big thing there. But yeah, like you said, it's either hit or miss. Yeah. And they're, they're, the, the, bust. the hit and the miss are very defined. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, you know, there's no, yeah, there's no discussion. We know what it is. Yeah, you beat it or you, you, you win it or you don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the the only thing we that I wanted to throw in there was just like, speaking of Boogie Cousins, he was not happy with James Harden and what in his quote quote antics. Um, he said he was disrespectful to not only the organization, but this actually made a lot of sense to me. He was saying to the players. And he's like, look, you can be upset with the organization, and that might, you know, might not work. But the things he said, the things you've said publicly, I, I'm adding the publicly, but the things you said, and your actions, which that's behind the scenes stuff he's referring to, towards the players, the other players in the locker room, who said we've all just got here, like we didn't do anything to you. He said like, that was the disrespectful part, and something that he didn't think should be overlooked. And I was, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's, I don't know what happened, but something not good apparently happened because he was, it takes a lot, especially in the NBA, for somebody to come out and be like, that dude messed up. Especially Boogie, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Who's, you know, no stranger. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, a couple of Yankees signings here in baseball. Uh, this saw the, these were like today, uh, maybe yesterday, but the Yankees have signed DJ LeMayhew, their former first baseman. He played second last year, biggest second baseman in the world. He's massive, but he's really good at the plate. He got six years, ninety million to stay in New York with the Yankees, and then uh, we don't even have the numbers on the contract because this just happened before we started recording. Two-time Cy Young winner Corey Kluber. Signed with the Yankees, so their pitching oh. is getting better, and they signed another one of their guys. It's just like son of a bitch for anybody. <laughs> they're back. They're back. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who doesn't like the Yankees, um, I'll raise my hand on that one. This is a rough day for him because that's two really good signings. Let's move on and congratulate Alabama for winning the national championship again. Small. I don't like Alabama, but you got to golf clap them for it. Um, good stuff. Like we knew this. That was, was a coming. fun national championship. I mean, yeah, but we knew we knew it was coming. It was fun to watch, though. Yeah, it at was least a, for a little bit. It was electric. Devontae yeah. Smith is just insane. Um, I'm actually liking him more and more now that I'm finding out that he's kind of like this soft-spoken, kind of really re- like reserved, humble guy. But he's got this freak talent. I love that. The Did thing you see is, that he brought he brought his teacher? He got his teacher like sideline like access or whatnot for the national oh, championship and he cool. wrote he wrote herself or he wrote her a note. I think it was his math teacher or something like that. From Alabama or from yeah. high school? No, Alabama. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's the thing, like I just said I don't really like Alabama. 
and I don't really like Nick Saban. I think he, I think he's very, all he's about him. And you don't, I don't think he protects the players like he should. Like letting Jalen Waddle play, um, that's fine. That's Waddle's decision. But at some, I hope, and I don't know this, so I'm just saying I hope that Nick Saban talked to him about it and made made him think about it a little bit more. Um, but they do tend, their culture is a lot of like, they put out professional dudes who are about oh, yeah. the, who are about the team and not about themselves. Like it's pretty cool. The, the yeah. culture that they and and the people that they bring out of that program, mm-hmm. but still, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien, Alabama is also uh, coaching rehab, is, is their nickname. <laughs> coach Coach Rehab Place. Uh, Bill O'Brien is going to be their next offensive coordinator. So now they they lose Sark Sarkeesian to Texas, and they get an NFL level coordinator so <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah don't expect alabama to go anywhere anytime soon because bill o'brien you know he might be a terrible gm but he was a pretty good football coach and mm. uh that'll that'll work in college roll time okay i want to do something fun in the nhl really quick we've talked about being hockey guys and how we like hockey so what i decided to do and, and I'm gonna. I'm putting you on the spot. That's why you hear smooth typing. He's trying to pull up. <laughs> we'll get to some hockey because we're gonna each pick a team, and and we say we like watching hockey, and we do. We like watching hockey, but we're not super involved in hockey. We don't talk about it that often. We don't know all the names. That's why you had to pull it up. I've already had it pulled up. So we are going to pick a team to 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 follow, and we're going to revisit. Every, every once in a while throughout the season, we're going to revisit and see how our teams are doing. Okay. So, I would like to pick a team because, and this is why, I was full-on ready for us to be Kraken dudes. Okay, are you picking the Kraken? They're not playing this year. No! The Kraken Shut would up. be our official pod team. Oh, that was where they, I was going to go. They don't okay. play till next year. So, Dang it. we have to pick different teams. I am either going to pick the the um, the Devils. So, I, I'm between three. It's either going to be the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, just because, you know, my family is from Pittsburgh uh, originally. The New Jersey Devils or the Colorado Avalanche. I will Ooh, give my reasons for the, 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 the Penguins, obviously, my family's from there. The New Jersey Devils. I actually got really, I was really into hockey growing up. Um, my aunt has season tickets to the Winterhawks, and I used to go with her all the time. And I loved Martin Brodeur. He was, like, my Martin. favorite player ever, so I was a Devils fan. Uh, in the Colorado Avalanche, wah. Still a wah fan. I grew up being a goalkeeper guy. A goalie guy. Okay. And so, I like so, uh, but I, so I, I, I will either go Devils or Penguins. I need you to help me out with this. I'm going to help you out picking your team? I mean, just what, do you, what would you lean to? We're just, I like the Devils uniforms. Mm, Devils. But it, Pitt, it's, you seem like more of a Pitt guy. Yeah, I feel like honest. the city fits me a little bit. But New yeah. Jersey, I'm already a Steelers fan. 
Yeah. So for that reason, do I go New Jersey and just switch it up? Uh, I think for that reason, I think you stay Pitt. Okay. Good enough for me. Yeah. I will stay Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's see what they are. One game played. Oh, and one. Son of a bitch. Oh, and one. Dang it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks. Um, I have a cousin who I who uh, on my mom's side who actually works um, in their marketing department. I don't know what she does, um, but uh, that is the absolute only thing I know about the NHL. My cousin works for the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah. Can you? I don't know how to. San Jose have, Sharks. Let's see. One game played. One win. Why <laughs> now? Let's go. I like that colorway too. Let's go, sharks. Let's go, sharks. Unless they're playing the penguins. Shark attack. Shark attack. <laughs> okay, so those will be our teams. Mine will be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Smooths will be the the San Jose Sharks. Uh, consider us fans. We're in. Let's do it, man. I'm ready. Okay, let's finish the news just with some golf. Uh, we just want to say the Masters. They're going to have limited spectators, or if you're at the Masters, you have to call them patrons. Patrons. And the waste management. You know we have love for the waste management. We go uh, most years, or we started going every year a couple years ago, but now we can't, obviously, because they're going to have less than 5,000 fans. Sad. I believe Bales said that they get, didn't they get like over 100,000 on one day last year? Yeah. That's why. Um, now they're down. Was to it Saturday or Sunday? Yeah. I think it's Saturday. Saturday yeah. gets the most. Wow. Oh, because Sunday's Sunday's the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's the news. Uh, we're gonna move on and give you a quick recess, and then talk some NFL playoffs, and then get out of here. Let's do, do it. it. Recess. <laughs> played them 10 times they might win nine but not this game this is your time oh boy is this great welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter for recess we are going to bring back an oldie obviously we haven't been doing recess that much because we always had one thing in the winter but now that that's over we're getting back to recess and here's an oldie it's called trophy time and that's where we go ahead and get real millennial with it Give everybody a trophy. Maybe it's a bad trophy. You don't know. But everyone gets a trophy here. And uh, it's basically just we make up trophies. And we hand them out. Based on relevant sports stuff going on. Let's do it. You want me to start? I have uh, six. I went overboard yeah. like I usually do. You, you start then. Okay. Um, my first one goes to the team we just talked about. The Alabama Crimson Tide. And they get the Through the Fire and Flames Award. If you don't know, the uh, Through the Fire and Flames is that, like, impossible for almost guitar everyone. Guitar hero. It's, yep, it's the guitar level. It's a guitar hero level <laughs> that almost nobody can beat. Crimson Tide are that level. That is a great award. As soon as I heard that name, I was like, 
where did I know that? Oh, Guitar Hero. <laughs> yep, yep. That's yep. awesome. Well done. Thank you. Okay, go for it, man. Uh, my first award is Grandma's Peanut Brittle Award. Peanut Brittle is one brittle breaks and it shatters, just like Yusuf Nurkic's wrist. Boom. Roasted. Boom! Roasted. Oh, you got him. Uh, another... <laughs> Another Portland big man down. Uh, we will see what <laughs> has to come from the uh, Blazers this season, but I cannot imagine the frustration that Terry Stotts is going through <laughs> with another uh, hiccup um, in his plan. So, Dude. the so. Grandma's peanut Grandma's peanut brittle award goes to Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, I love that. Very well done. My second award goes to James Harden who gets the Eeyore Award. <laughs> Those of you who remember our favorite donkey, our favorite ass, it's, uh, he's from Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore. He is depressed. And, <laughs> and it seems like no, no matter where he's at, no matter what he does, he's constantly sad. And that mm. is James Harden. James Harden is constantly searching for the better place, the, the better thing, the better player to play with. Nothing makes him happy. Mm. James, focus on yourself, bud. There you go. That's all it takes. All it takes. Uh, James Harden is taking home two awards Whoa. today, it seems like, because I'm going to be giving him the Happy Meal Award. Not only because I think James has taken on a couple of Happy Meals in the offseason and still needs to work those off, but just like, just like Walt Disney said, he's looking for this happiness. He's looking for a sense of belonging. That's where this quote-unquote happy meal comes in. This is his temporary solution to feel some sort of something good. So the happiness, the happy meal award, the McDonald's, let's sponsor it. No ads. McDonald's happy meal award goes to James Harden. Congratulations, sir. You're taking home two trophies tonight. And the second one comes in the form of a chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah. uh, my third award goes to, it's a combined award, two winners here. Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they get the Cain and Abel Award because one has to kill the other and they're old as shit. Nice. Very simple. That's it right there. That was clever. Thank you. That was, that was a good one. Um, this is for the Hot Mike Award given to Justin Thomas. I don't know if anyone heard, but uh, last week at the Century Tournament of Champions in uh, Hawaii, uh, he was standing over a five-foot putt, putt, missed it, and unfortunately, uh, under his breath, let out a homophobic slur. And uh, himself, yeah. Yes, so he has already apologized for it. Hate to see it, because JT... Uh, yeah, JT just seems like one of the good guys. I don't, yeah. I don't know what to make of it, but today, actually... Yeah, Ralph Lauren just dropped him from the sponsorship. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So, yeah. not a great award, but the Hot Mike Award goes to Justin Thomas. Yeah, we all make mistakes, man. Don't go hunting yeah. people, you know. Unless you're perfect, yeah. don't throw the first stone. It's all, it's all we'll say there. But, uh, you know, can't have it. And he knows it. Yeah. That's good. And it's good and he knows it. He, yes. We'll give him credit for that. Um, my next award is the Log on the River Award. 
for being carried and doing nothing, Mac Jones! Nice. Congratulations nice. on being baby carried into a national championship. You do have at least enough talent to throw it where it needs to be. Good job. Um, and we'll see your NFL prospects. Have not watched his tape yet, but I am very interested to see if it's him or if what I expect it to be, it's everyone else. <laughs> Log on the river, just floating. I like that. Um, this, not such a creative name, but my last award goes to the what I believe is going to be the top golfer of the year. So I'm just going to say top fantasy golfer of the year. And I'm going to give that to Colin Morikawa. I have a suspicion that that guy is going to take a huge leap this year um, and just go off the charts. He's the next up-and-coming thing, uh, and I wanted to, I want to see him do well. He's a good kid, uh, hard worker, and, um, yeah, I think he's going to take a huge jump this year. So, Colin Morikawa, you get the the Golf Fantasy Award. I have no idea. That was not a <laughs> fantasy golf award. I have no. I didn't know what to call it. He gets the only actual real award. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. He, he goes home happiest. Um, I have two more. Uh, real quick, the Nets, their new team, gets the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Award. The Mental Defective League in formation. Because uh, that's gonna. <laughs> I th they're all a bunch of weirdos, and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy one way or the other. Yes. So they get that award, and then my last award goes to Urban Meyer. He mm. gets the Emperor Palpatine Award because he just found his Padawan, his uh, I forget what to call him, but basically he. The, his apprentice, apprentice. He found his apprentice mm. that he gets to corrupt like Anakin in Trevor mm. Lawrence, the, the, the generational talent that you get to corrupt and for knowing exactly when to strike. Nice. The, the Jags have all those picks. They get Trevor Lawrence. They have a bunch of cap space, and now he just shows up. He, like his evil plan is folding into fruition. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> he knows when to do it, though. I mean, he just, yes. you know, he knows he knows when to strike. And good on him, I guess. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what your health says. What that, his health says. That's trophies. Uh, our, our closing music is playing on that one. So we got to get out of here and go straight to the NFL playoffs. I don't have a drop for that. I don't know why I went anywhere. It's the NFL, NFL playoff. Actually, I will drop something. I'll do it. I'll do it right here. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I hope you enjoyed. That. What a fantastic <laughs> drop! <laughs> this is such a good show. Um, okay, here we go. Let's talk some NFL playoffs. And you guys watch the game, so we're not really going to react. We're going to kind of look forward to the games coming up. That is. Uh, tomorrow or hopefully today as you're listening to this on Saturday and Sunday, the Packers and Rams play, the Saints, the Bucks play, the Chiefs and Browns play, and the Bills and Ravens play. So what I thought we would do is play a little bit of devil's advocate. So we'll have Smooth go through, and he'll pick kind of one thing in a winner style. He'll pick his winner and why. And then whoever you don't pick, I will tell you, I'll, I'll say if I agree on the winner or loser. Huh. And then I will give 
Whoever you don't pick, I'll give the reason that the other team could win. Okay. I like that. All right. So go ahead. Let's let's just go from, uh, I believe the Packers and Rams play the first game. Okay. So we'll and, start in the NFC. Yeah. One-sixth matchup, Packers-Rams, as uh, Outwatch Disney has uh, pointed out clearly, not clearly, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers here in this one. Uh, this is do or die time for Aaron Rodgers. We don't know how many more times he's going to be staring down a Super Bowl with this kind of power around him. How many more years is he going to play? We don't know. But at this stage in his career, uh, you, you don't want to squander these op- opportunities. He's laser focused. The organization knows what they have. And much like the Nets, it's boomer bust. It's, it's title. It's Super Bowl or nothing. Uh, for these guys, anything less will uh, just not do. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there, but I will give the reason that I think, uh, or I will give a pathway that I think the Rams could take to possibly pulling an upset here, and that is offensively for them. You know, the Packers don't have the best run defense historically, and uh, the Rams are a good running team. Sean McVay will have to have a great game plan offensively to even give them a chance but really the defense for the Rams is going to have to have the day of their lives. Uh, I think Aaron Donald is going to have to destroy everyone and everything to really put pressure, make Aaron Rodgers speed up, and then Jalen Ramsey is going to have to have one of those days on Devontae Adams where it is you know, no touchdowns, um, no touchdowns allowed. Maybe he has seven, eight catches for 80 yards. He can do that to Devontae Adams, and Aaron Donald can be even better than he has been, and that's asking a lot. Um, and the rest of the defense plays the way they've been playing. It's a lot to ask for. They're gonna, like I said, they're gonna have to have a career day. Pretty much all of them are gonna have to have a career day. But that is their path: run the ball well, and then do the things that you've been doing all year at an even higher level. Step it up, and and then hope. Tall order, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, let's move on to that Uh, Saints-Bucks game. Next matchup, the number two Saints take on the number five Bucks. Uh, Saints, I'm going to take here uh, the matchup of Cayman Abel, as cleverly put by at Walsh Disney in our previous segment. Um, It's going to be fun. Uh, Two great quarterbacks um, of the past couple decades. Drew Brees and Tom Brady go head-to-head. I just think the Saints have too much firepower um, uh, for the Bucks to slow down. Um, I, I think if there was going to be an upset here, this might be on the upset chart, so I can see the Bucks winning. But I think the Saints are going to um, – I think the Saints have enough firepower on the offensive side, especially with Alvin Kamara and the way um, Drew Brees has been linking up with um, Michael Thomas as of recent. Uh, I think they have too much to – it's too big of an ask for the Bucks to slow down that offense. Uh, I agree with you there with the Saints, but this is probably – this is number two in, in upset watch, I would say. Um, the Bucks, so their way to win, they're going to have to stop Alvin Kamara. 
I think the secondary wise they can do enough with Michael Thomas and then just hope it's an off day for like the the others, Emmanuel Sanders and, and Jared Cook. Hopefully so you, you take away Alvin Kamara first, then Lee maybe bracket Michael Thomas, but Levante David and Devin White are gonna have to have a day with Alvin Kamara pretty much dogging him, pretty much keeping every catch he has, nothing big. If, he, if it's a five-yard game, you'll live with that for the entire games with Alvin Kamara. Don't let him break one, and that's the thing they're going to have to do uh, defensively there. Offensively, their line has to have a great day. The Saints' pass rush has been crushing the Buccaneers' offensive line for this year. That's why they've won both their matchups. If they can hold up and let Tom Brady, who's playing a lot better with his receivers, if they can give him the time to work away from Mike Evans because Marshawn Lattimore has destroyed Mike Evans every time they've played. That, they have to allow Brady the, enough time to get to Chris Godwin, to get to Antonio Brown, to get to Stevie Miller. If they, if they can do that, the Bucks got a chance. Okay, let's go to the AFC side where I think the first game that plays between these two, and I'm probably wrong, 50-50 chance here, uh, is the Chiefs and Browns? Let's go for sure. it. And I hope, I hope, Walsh Disney, you have a a sound the alarm alarm over there because this is the upset of the weekend. Drop that. This is the upset of the week. Um, the Browns will upset the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs actually are double-digit favorites in this game, but this line just doesn't make sense. Uh, I think the Chiefs will become or are rusty um, off the rest. The Browns looked great coming off of the win at Pittsburgh, even though everything basically had to fall or everything happened perfectly uh, for them in that matchup against the Steelers. Um they have their head coach back. They have all their linemen back. Uh, they are a complete unit, and I think they're going to be steamrolling um, into Arrowhead Stadium um, with a confidence, with an uncharted confidence. Um, I think this is <clears throat> Baker's uh, first. How do I want to say it? Um, like marquee game. That uh, that that people are going to remember, like, hey, this was this was the step where Baker took that next level step to becoming a great quarterback. I can see you smiling over there. I want to hear what you have to say, but mark my words, this is the upset of the weekend. Okay, okay, I I liked it because I I in my head I had a whole thing of like I think the Browns can win this way, but now I gotta flip it <laughs> because you <laughs> took the Browns. So devil's advocate here, the Chiefs. I'm gonna. I think the Chiefs will win, and here's a couple of reasons why. Andy Reid off a of bye, off the bye week, he'll be ready to go. He'll have a great gate. Uh, he'll have a great game plan, um, and don't underestimate underestimate the fact that the Chiefs have been sitting there for not just one week, but like for for two weeks, listening to everybody tell them or talk about them how they've been taking it easy this year, how they've really haven't been locked in. Those veterans in the locker room, they're not going to be about that. They're going to get pissed. I, I expect Tyron Matthew 
to have a pump-up speech before the game for the ages. And I think they'll be ready to go. Uh, I expect the Chiefs to replicate their defensive game plan with the Browns like they've been using against the Ravens without the fact that they have to worry about Lamar so they can be a little bit more aggressive turning their run rush into pass rush. Uh, so I, I think they'll have a good game plan there. And the Browns, they don't have good linebackers in coverage. So expect Travis Kelsey to have a day. <laughs> I'll say that. Fair enough. Moving on to our last matchup of the weekend, <clears throat> we think. Um, the AFC matchup between the number two Bills and the number five Ravens. I'm going to put my chips on the Buffalo Bills here, Cotton. Um, in order to win this game, um, uh, Josh Allen is going to need – they're going to need to draw up um, run plays for Allen. They're going – in order to win, uh, Josh Allen's going to need scripted run plays to keep those um, Ravens linebackers and the Ravens secondary honest because um, I even with his strong arm – uh, he can't have that Ravens secondary uh, cheating too far back and hanging back, waiting for those balls to be thrown. So I believe if uh, Josh can get a couple, uh, break off a couple five, ten, even fifteen yard runs just to keep that Ravens secondary honest, um, I think they walk away with it fine. Uh, not to say that this is going to be a pushover game, uh, but I believe there's supposed to be—I don't know if it's snow. Uh, I, th- I thought I saw snow in the forecast. Cold and potential um, snow, I believe. Cold and potential snow. So that, again, should slow down uh, Lamar Jackson and, and, and put him in a uh, must-throw situation, um, which I think isn't his strong suit. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills here. Uh, I'm with the Bills, but this is my number one ups, quote-unquote upset mm. alert here. Okay. Um, it's a two five, but the Ravens are a weird five. Like, yeah, they were eleven and five on the year, so it's not <laughs> like they're a bad team. Um, I will. I I think the Bills will win it, but path for the Ravens I can see very clearly. Uh, the Bills don't have the best run defense. Uh, they're they're actually small in the middle of their defensive line. Uh, you think like Ed Oliver? He is a pass rush interior defensive lineman. Not a run stopping. They're they're legit. Ed Oliver is like maybe six foot, and he you know thick guy who plays with good leverage, but he's not the biggest guy. And the Ravens' offensive line will love to see that. Um, so I don't think it's Lamar here. I think it's J.K. Dobbins, probably even Gus Edwards, actually probably having a huge day in that straightforward gap scheme run where they're just trying to punch the Bills' defense in the face and keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. So I think they, they have success there. If they get into the red zone, that's where I think Lamar becomes becomes effective. More of that short red zone stuff where he doesn't have to worry so much. His legs actually become more of a factor because it's short yardage, and you know, anytime an athlete like that gets out, he can get seven yards. Um, yeah. And his legs becoming a factor opens up Mark Andrews. Offensively, that's what I think. Their defense has been amazing all year. The, uh, Lamar didn't win last week. They're, the the Ravens' defense won last week. Uh, played really well against the Titans, so uh, they can do that again. I'm actually a little bit worried about the Bills' offense, to be honest. But they can make big plays. Um, 
the Ravens defense is good. So this uh, this will be a competitive game, I think. I'm excited for the AFC matchups. I think a little bit more than the NFC matchups. Uh, yeah, it, it should be a great weekend, though, of, of, yeah. of uh, divisional rounds. Yeah, for sure. It's great playoffs. Enjoy watching it, and we'll, we'll enjoy talking about it. Probably react next week. Probably react and then look forward to more games. Um, all the marbles, man. This is going to be really fun, so I hope you guys enjoy it. We hope you guys enjoyed episode 143. We're going to get out of here. Just a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, we're starting our prep for drinking in the draft. I've got like 155 guys on the board so far, so might add a couple more, maybe drop a couple, but I'm probably about the right number right now. Uh, so get ready for that. It's coming. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, with me and the captain nerding out about the draft. This is what this is what the uh, the Walshes do, man. This if you haven't listened uh, to the drinking in the draft, uh, what do you call these preseason episodes or like draft episodes? This is what you guys do the best, I believe, though. Yeah, yeah, we we, we don't. Yeah, so once drinking in the draft starts, we'll recap last year, which we actually did a pretty freaking good job. Just gonna say, uh, and and then we'll get into into this year. We always talk about like team needs. And how to make their team better. We start with that before we get into each position. Um, but we'll, we'll let you know when it... I'll probably figure out the schedule and then we'll, we'll let you know and keep reminding you, probably annoyingly so, when it's coming up. Uh, but just wanted to plug that. Make sure you guys are getting ready and hopefully try to... Uh, hopefully you're excited about it. But other than that, find us on Twitter, bold underscore nonsense, on Instagram at bold.nonsense or email us at Bold Nonsense Podcast at gmail.com. Expect a show on Saturdays. That's tomorrow, the day you should be listening to it before the NFL playoffs continue. Um, and then find us on iTunes and Spotify. Those are the best places there. Other than that, let's say bye to the people. I'm at Still Smooth. Much love. Great episode 143 is in the books. Take care. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, love us. And this is the BNPN. This is Bold Nonsense. This is episode 143. This is your invitation to sit down, <laughs> veg out, and watch football. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. Go home. Go.